With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. For any Yankee fans looking for a podcast to listen to, I suggest you check out NYY Sports Talk. Are you listening? Tune into the fellas. Damn. Uh. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. There's no BS, there's no drama. Uh. You just feel like you with the fellas talking baseball. Welcome back. This is episode 225 of the NYYST podcast. I am your host, Christian, as always, joined by my co-host, Chris. You. And he's back. Go Yank. S-G-R. What up? I'm going to go hard on the R today because uh, WrestleMania has a pirate theme because they're playing. uh, You should have told me that, bro. Ah, Well, you know, you you should keep up with topical things. Because uh, WrestleMania is at uh, Raymond true. James where the Buccaneers play. I'm waiting for somebody okay. to jump off the Tom Brady uh, in there? Ship. Is Gronk? Did Gronk show up? He Gronk? is a former no. wrestler. He did. He he did, but he went back to football. You know, he some would say that he's Super probably. Bowl. Yeah, you know. I heard he's uh, he right. got it. When did WrestleMania choose the venue? It was supposed to be there last year, but COVID kind of screwed things Damn, up. Damn, so Tampa that. Bay's got like a lot of revenue coming in over Super Bowl. And now WrestleMania? Yeah, right. Do they sell you're out right. the whole stadium for this or what? Uh, watching it on TV, it doesn't look like there's any social distancing at all, but they said they only sold 25,000 tickets hmm. for each night. Still, But man, the, fans are, the fans are sitting right on top of each other if you're watching it. Yeah. So. Which is a very vast... Uh, what do I want? What's the word among... It's like a vast difference from watching the... I don't know how far Raymond James is from the Tropa. It's very different watching. There's probably more people in the front row at WrestleMania than there are watching the Tampa Bay probably makes more money off the Super Bowl and WrestleMania than they'll make from the Rays all year. And the Rays were and the Rays were in the ALCS last year. People probably ticket sales maybe in the World Series. People probably dropped more money in the bathroom in the past two days at WrestleMania than they've made in ticket sales at for Rays games. Probably right. So. Uh, we got a new little intro there. That was uh, Chris was keeping that, that was, a big secret. We got those some help. We, those we got are the two. Help. Those are the two OGs, by the way. We got some help from our friends Hell on yeah. that. They don't know. They don't. Yeah, they have thanks. no idea. By the way, they have no that idea. That pumped me up, dude. That got me pumped up. Those are the think, two OGs. They're, that's the international. You think, you, you think the OG is gonna cry when he hears it? I think so. I think he will. <laughs> I want to hear, you know, uh, we should have tipped them off so we could hear like a reaction. Vi- we get like a reaction video. <laughs> they'll, they'll, you know, they'll be tweeting at us, but, but Patrick will be tweeting at us at like five in the morning because he's <laughs> yeah. so, f- his time well, zone is so, Ireland. he's in Ireland, but yeah, they have no idea. It's like five, isn't it like five hours? I don't know. All I know is the dude, hours. the dude's up at five in the morning to watch Yankee games. So. I don't want to say he does a lot of cocaine, but I don't know how anybody yeah. else that doesn't sleep the way he doesn't sleep without being on cocaine. I yeah, think it's just I think in hours. Ireland beer affects 
affects you just like cocaine. <laughs> I think Patrick's just more get up, have a pint. That's what they call it. I'll grab a pint, fellas. Yeah, and well, then that's it. We need a day in the life, Patrick. Like Americans get sleepy as they drink. Irish people, they just fucking, it's like, it's like speed. So we announced uh, a couple weeks ago that this was going to be the final season, but pending a lot of different things still. But, you know, we really wanted to end it with a World Series. Mm -hmm. And clearly that's not going to happen. No, it's over, right? It's over. It's done. Uh, So before the end of this show, we definitely need to have Patrick on for a little, little uh, conversation. Conversation, just a little back and forth with the with the actual OG. I mean, as I mean, I'm sure you guys could think back, but like I can't really remember a guy that supported the show first and longer than than Patrick. Yeah, you know, obviously there's been others along the way. Don Sicario's Don Sicario's number, number two. I'd be number two for sure, um, for sure. So if this is going to be it to have them in the open uh, is pretty cool. So this is what the show is. The show is for the fans. I mean, we're doing it for for our listeners. It's not for our health because I probably. Uh, I don't know. I'd probably take years off my life doing this show. We probably got significantly less healthy doing this show, right? I would, I would definitely say that's probably true, considering uh, we started the show in 2017, and my peak of physical health was in 2016. So yeah, it's been going like this. Cor- correlating although, line. Although you were like 400 pounds six months ago, true. And now that's you're, true. And, and now you're back to being a regular sized human. Yeah, but that still uh, doesn't mean I'm healthy. Yeah. So. Definitely. I, look, one of the highlights of this show, even though Ryan botched it, he did. Let's be honest. He fucked it up. Was punch on the pod. It's still Definitely. one of the highlights of the show. Definitely. Yeah. Dude. Well, it was, it was a clean turnaround though. It was. <laughs> it was. The setup was nice. Look, I love you like a brother, dude. But, you know, at that point in your life, your health was probably oh, like... Yeah, I mean, I was probably days. I was days away. Days away but from the dying. padding. <laughs> the padding helped. The padding helped. If if you would have taken a, a legit shot to the face with a regular oh. boxing glove, you would have never yeah. recovered. I wouldn't oh, have felt no. it. The reason why I got fucked up from it was because of the actual. It wasn't the. It wasn't the force, right? Obviously, it didn't hurt. It, it was I wasn't expecting hurt. it, so my yeah. it shook my brain because I was getting... Right. No, I snuck up on you. Because I was also getting ready to get really pissed off if you <laughs> go back and watch the video. I was getting ready to be to have a rant, and so my blood pressure was boiling at the time. And when you're that big and your blood pressure's boiling, you're done. Yeah, one thing. You're one done. Little. You know, I Chris uh, had heard that they were going to uh, make a Chris Farley biopic, and he wanted to, he wanted to get in. Why do you that? both call like, it a biopic? It's biopic. a biopic. 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 It's not like a biopsy. It's not like you're doing a biopsy. Well, it's tough. No, I. It's biopic. Tough. That's a tough. Yeah, but it's like biography. So you take that syllable, mm. you go bio. Bio. Listen, you're not in the business. You're not in the business. I am, and I was told that you can say it either way. And since you know, like encyclopedia is really the pronounced well, correct, mm. cor- correct yeah. pronunciation. If you're in Scotland. I, you know, biopic. biopic. Yeah, dude. Biopic. I was in an Oscar-nominated. I think it's Oscar-nominated it's, movie. It's a mix between uh, a biopsy and uh, optic so. optic surgery. Yeah. So. I, You know, Ryan, I love you like uh, my co-host brother. Yeah. I really do. And sure. I was going to watch the movie to support you. I was really going to watch the movie to support you, but I heard it was it was all prop-prop. So Yeah, it was, it was oh, a lot yeah. of prop. Um, just wasn't what... Uh, 
you know, I, I don't know. It was, it, it wasn't. Yeah. But here's the thing. And we'll get into Yankee shit. I know we're the, the, the protester in the courtroom now, he was kind of cute though. Who was that? You know, is that you? Yeah. Man. But we can, here's the thing. We know it's going to win best picture, right? So we can say we have someone on this well, show. It's, no, it, I don't think it's going to win. Really? Well, if it does, no, it'll it'll win best screenplay. And I we're talking about uh, Chicago Seven trial. Chicago, Chicago 7. Yeah. If it Starting does win, we can at least say we have someone from twenty twenty one. Start using that in promo. <laughs> that should be promo. Yeah. <laughs> they haven't done from <laughs> since you did, since that no. movie came out. No, no, no it's will be. eligible for this year. That'll be and our promo for the show. <laughs> Oscar award from the winning. Oscar Oscar award winning best picture. Trial of the Chicago Seven. No, we don't even say that. We say Oscar yeah. award winning SGR. We just drop. All right. Okay. Perfect. Well, technically, it's true. It would be true. Yeah. 100%. I mean, if that doesn't save the show, I don't know what will. I agree. Right. But you know what could possibly save the show, and we're not being facetious in saying this, is leaving us a five star rating review. Subscribe on YouTube. Tell a friend. Pick up your phone. Text. Phone a hey, friend. Phone, phone a friend, you know, like the friend. old million, the million dollar TV show. You, yeah. you, you need a lifeline. We need a lifeline. Phone a friend. That's it. Right. Just I mean, phone Yankees, a friend. Yankees needed a friggin' lifeline in Tampa this weekend. Uh, it managed to salvage the final game of the series. They won eight to four in ten innings. And for any jackass out there, I still hate the extra inning. Yeah, role. seriously, seriously. Still a uh, joke. It was nice. It was a nice feeling that the Yankees tacked on more than just that imaginary run, um, that okay. unearned run there. No, Ghost Runner. Michael K. used the term Ghost I Runner know. today. I know. It's, it's I crazy. Where I, picked that, I wonder where I picked that one up. Yeah. So mm-hmm. at least they scored more than the unearned run and tacked on a few more, so it felt a little more legitimate at least. But it's still a joke. Look, I'm going to I want to see the stats... At, sorry, Christian. At the end no, of the year, ahead. of how many how many of these road teams are winning these extra inning games when it gets to ten innings? Because I think that is a it's an advantage for the team that gets to start. Why with a runner on second base? I don't know because they, the, they they get to the, score first. In the three that we've seen, the three road teams have won. So right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, he's saying it's an advantage for the road team. That's why it's I'm an advantage for the team that shouldn't really have that advantage. There, you should have a, a home field advantage, and that is the that should be the home field advantage that you have. The last licks, right? Is last licks. Stupid. Well, it's uh, not gonna. I I thought about it today. It's it, it it's almost certain that it won't be in the league after this year because I don't see the CBA. I don't see the players voting this in because wasn't it kind of like an ultimatum type thing this year being implemented in the first place? It was like. We'll we'll do we'll play 162 full games if you guys give us this extra inning rule. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I probably was. I wasn't really paying attention to the negotiations because I really don't care. They just wanted but them to get it. Won't the be. Field. It won't last. It won't last after this year. You, I you can't say that. It. You can't say that with any type of certainty because I didn't think. No, you a, can't. But I didn't think it was going to be in the uh, game this year, and they bargained it back in. So. I think yeah. seven, but uh, I think seven inning double headers are here to stay, regardless. Oh, they're going to stick with that. Man, yeah, if I that wasn't if that wasn't like if that was something that was like an in-game thing, like this one is, like the runner in second, at least going into the stupid seven inning double headers, you know it's seven innings. So I guess that's one thing, but it's almost just as bad. Seven inning well, double that, headers are almost just as bad. Because you have little league rules and now you have fucking high school rules. Like didn't we only play seven innings mm-hmm. in high school? 
seven innings. Uh, and no, I mean, if you were playing a single game, it was nine innings in high school. I don't remember. No, that's right. Because I only played in double headers. Double headers. Like if you were in a if you were in a double header, like a, a lot of my traveling leagues, if you had double header Sundays, they were two seven inning games. Or even actually in college, when we would have conference games on like a Sunday or a Saturday, and it was a double header, they were seven innings. Seven inning uh, double headers. So coach would be like, Hey, let's get Christian in there. We've got a double header today. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So should have hit a home run. Should have. So should have, could have, would have. Dingers, 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 dingers. But at least they salvaged this last game, man. I thought they were. Yeah. I thought they were down for the count. Uh, barely. Yeah. Uh, we'll get in. <clears throat> we'll get into that in a little bit. But first, uh, actually, well, let's get into the series a little bit here. Uh, Friday night they lost. Saturday they lost. <laughs> <laughs> they lost. They yeah. lost. Yeah, I mean, they look like shit. So uh, let's. So first of all, Friday night they lost. It was actually Friday afternoon. It was a three o'clock start because it was Tampa's opening day. Uh, Corey Kluber made the start. I don't. Did he even get out of the third inning? I don't even. I don't remember. No. To be honest with you, no, he didn't. So let's look at Kluber's line from Friday. Uh, what the hell's the? I hate. This is such a hard. F- Friggin' thing to navigate. Like the box score. What do you use? Wiped it. You use the yes app for this? Uh-huh. Um. So Kluber went two and a third, three earned, five total runs, five hits, two walks, three strikeouts. Uh, and then uh, so he didn't give any. He didn't give the Yankees anything to really write home about. Uh, I didn't get home until about six o'clock. I DVR'd the game, and then when they blew the four to two lead. I was pissed. So I just fucking turned the game. I just went right to yes. And the game was already over. Uh, that's the good thing about DVR and games. When you get pissed off, you just fucking stop. Yeah. Instead of having to waste your whole goddamn day watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, what did you guys, see? I mean, I, I really wasn't into the game because like I said, uh, but I did see most of what Kluber did. What did you take away from his second outing? I mean, like from the from the first outing, we were kind of encouraged. We noticed that the command wasn't really there, but he still had a really good movement on his pitches. He was able to limit damage. Uh, the Yankees won won that start, so he was able to keep him in the game, get him a win. But I mean, things kind of blew up on him. The, the defense was shoddy again, which has been a problem with this team. But again, you know he. He didn't limit damage, which is still part of the problem. Yeah, I guess and that's he, something I praised him for last episode. Uh, clearly, he didn't have it, but and, and I didn't get to catch a lot of that game because you know we were catering to the uh, seventeen fans that showed up to opening to the Rays opening day, and we had a three o'clock game. But uh, but you know, here's something I'll say that the Yankees need to start really thinking about. With a guy like Kluber, who has a short leash right now, he's building himself back up. We can't be making this guy, I mean, go back to his first outing. Even though he was great, he was throwing extra pitches because his defense just wasn't behind him. So what, he gave up two unearned runs, correct? Yes. So, I mean, I mean, look, it's no one's fault but, but Kluber. He just didn't have his good stuff. Um, But at the same time, I mean... <laughs> You, no, was, was that just a Rosarena? Because yeah, yeah. Because I was looking at the oh, box God, score. Can we, get, can we stop talking about that guy? 
I mean, I'm not going to bring his name up, but I was just looking yeah. at the box score from Saturday's game and um, pumped up. But you know, you got to man, this defense. They, you have to allow. You have to give him the opportunity to be efficient. They're not even giving him the opportunity to be efficient. I mean, you're making the guy throw way more pitches than he has to. He's given up un- unearned runs. Um, you know, it, and it is what it is. He had a bad outing, and the Yankees lost. Uh, what was the final score of that game? 10-4? 10-5. So, you know, you know yeah. with Kluber on the mound, and I'm speaking more of when he gets into his full groove, with Kluber on the mound, when your offense is putting up five runs, you got to win those games. You, you should be winning yeah. those games. Right now, again, he's got he's on a short leash. He's got to build himself back up. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna just like I said when he was great, don't go crazy over it. We gotta see. I'm not gonna go crazy over this either. He's obviously he has to build himself up and turn that around. He can't he has to have very few outings like he did the other day for him to step up the way we need him to. Yeah, what was really, uh, I guess, the most discouraging thing from uh, Friday's game is that they fell behind, uh, what was it, 2 nothing? then they stormed back. They had the four-run inning, and then before you blinked in the bottom half of the third there, they they were down again. Well, that was which, the whole, that was the, that was the storyline of the whole series. Here's what the problem is, is that the Yankees continually let the Rays eat their lunch. You know, remember when the Yankees used to be the bully and they used to walk into the lunchroom and steal everybody's lunch money? Yes. Now the Yankees are letting that happen to them by the Tampa Rays. It's, it's, it's getting frustrating. And it was, and you want to say that it was nice to get that win today, but the series was already a fucking wash. They already lost the series. You need to make, you need to go into Tampa and make a statement and say, you know what? 2020 was 2020. You kicked their ass in the regular season. You beat us in the postseason, but 2021 is going to be our year. And they didn't do that. Then, then Saturday they get shut out. I mean, rich, uh, not rich. Hill. rich. Hill started Friday. Then Chris Archer, Pitch what are you pitching? A friggin' inning before he left with it with yeah. injury? An inning or two. Like that. Maybe, Maybe pitched two, two, and a, two, two and a third innings before he left with injury. And then they couldn't touch the Rays bullpen. I mean, and no. then you know, Herman pitches that game, he lost four runs. At what point do the Yankees say to themselves, enough is enough? And is today okay, is today the jumping point? Is today the jumping point where they say to to themselves, we're not gonna allow us ourselves to be beat by the Rays anymore? Because if you watch the game, and I watched every pitch of the game today, they they squandered so many opportunities in this game today. They you want I don't want to say they got lucky, but if look roof net old door, dude, that was a little duck snort that found grass. I mean, mm. y- y- sometimes you got to get lucky, and sometimes you just got to find. Hey, but let's not downplay it. Right, no, I mean I'm the not, dude, saying, the dude put bat on ball and made it happen. Right, I'm not saying that, but it came down to that. Yeah, where they had opportunity after opportunity after opportunity, even in that inning, and it comes down to that where with two outs, a guy that you just acquired who was DFA'd hits a little snort out into the outfield. I mean, like it shouldn't have to come down to that. And yeah, maybe that was the thing that woke them up because then Gary laces a single, and then Geo rips one. And then, you know, then you see the trap, the dumpster fire that it is that allows the Yankees an extra run because the ball hops over uh, Margot's oh head. 
Yeah. I mean, yeah. you want to give the guy an error. I don't think that's really fair to give the guy an error because any other park in Major League Baseball, he's lined up to field the ball. All of a sudden, it things like you remember the you remember you used to put the quarter in the thing and get a Super Bowl and you used to yeah. bounce to the fucking moon. Yeah. That's what it looked like. Yeah, it did. Yeah, because they have the old school <laughs> fucking turf on there still. Yeah, that's the like it, it's not even just the roof that's terrible in that fucking place. Right. It's the yeah. ground too. Just all around. Top to bottom. Top yeah. to bottom think, piece it, of shit bottom. stadium. We saw it today. Aaron Judge didn't know where the hell the ball was in on one of those uh on one of those on that one home run that uh that Montgomery gave up. He he thought right. he had a beat on the ball and he wasn't even really near where the ball landed. Yeah. Two I mean, two things that stood out to me the most were one the the back and forth and you and you said it just now it was time to make a statement and i know we talk about early in the season don't get irrational i'm not trying to be irrational and i'm not saying that the yankees aren't going to be just fine but you're right i don't care how early in the season this was i was expecting the yankees to really make a statement and and they did the opposite in my opinion um the most frustrating thing was having the lead multiple times in the first and third games and just giving it up. And that's just not a good sign when you're, when you're playing a team that you're supposed to be putting away. I don't like that. I didn't like that at all. I didn't, I didn't like the feel it gave me. It was almost like uh, no matter what they did, they just weren't going to win. And then they finally pulled it out. Today was very, it was really frustrating and I knew it as soon as it happened. I mean, it ultimately didn't, but in the third inning, Gio mashes that monster home run. Dude, big game, big four hundred fifty-three feet. Huge game for Urshela today. And yeah, I mean, anybody that sits there and watches Gio Urshela play third base, how you can even suggest to have him play another position is mind-boggling to me. He's that, so the, good at third. Look, Tyler Wade. I'm sorry, Ryan. I'm sorry, Tyler Wade got sent right. down. Wow. You know, I'm sorry. My condolences. Oh my god. But. The answer isn't to make I'm Gio Rochella so over him. Oh, now you guys are broken <laughs> up. <laughs> the answer isn't to make Gio Rochella your shortstop. Your answer is to no. go find another shortstop. When you if, if, you, if sure. you don't think that Glaber Torres or whenever Glaber Torres needs another day, why this guy? I don't care. You could tell me every single defensive metric in the world because I heard it was last year or whatever that Giro Show is not a good third baseman by defensive metric standards. That's all I need to know about what defensive metrics are worth. You're going to tell me that they make it that that Gio is not a good third baseman because the guy makes better plays on his ass than most dirt than most guys do standing up on two feet. So, <laughs> so anyway, I completely lost my train of thought. So somebody else jump in shortstop, but uh, okay. So my second thing, my second oh, thing, with Hicks. Go, you, go yeah, no, you want to go, you go. Cause I'm going to look something up as you talk. I want to, all right. So, because, uh, <clears throat> actually our buddy, Chris Cologne wanted us to bring this up here and I will, um, God damn it. I always do this. I think I will know how to. You uh, lost. No, I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. Yeah. Hold on. Hold on. So he wanted us to bring up Hicks's at bat in the third inning. And this was after Geo's Geo's home run. The Yankees load the bases. Hicks is up. Bases loaded. Nobody out. Hits into a double play. Now Chris says, Chris Cologne says, that double play really demoralized me. And I. 
Hello, demoralized everybody. I mean, like the Yankees were primed to bust the game wide open, and all they get is one run. And then in the bottom half of the inning, you know, and John Flaherty made this point on the broadcast, so credit him. There are some times when a shutdown inning, a shutdown inning is big, and then there's times when shutdown innings are huge. And this and now Chris is going to love this because now he can go back to hating Jordan Montgomery. Montgomery let up; the, he gave the lead right back. <laughs> So uh, if that would have been a huge spot for Montgomery. But you know what? Again, he didn't bend but don't break. He kept the Yankees right. in the game, which was still really good. So, yeah, you know, like Hicks is – what is – Hicks is batting like a, a buck 18, 129. I think it is. 129. I mean, he had a home run uh, in, in Friday's yeah. game. Nice but, thing, Tim. Nice thing. <sighs> Solid wood. I mean, so, you know, he's Chris is asking. He's like, what do we do with – with Hicks, we can't you leave. cut him. You release him. No, but we can't leave. We honestly, I don't think we can leave. We can leave him in a three spot anymore. I think now nine games into the season. Not saying that like let's overreact to everything. Nine games in a season, but I think nine games in a season, especially right now with the way the Yankees are playing and that they're really struggling offensively. A little tweak is not the end of the world right now. And because I want Aaron Hicks to bat ninth, I think it's the move to move him ahead of third. So, no, you know, to answer Chris's question, like, do you make Mike Tockman the starter? No, Tockman should not be the starter. I don't think that answers any of the Yankees, pro, you know, answers any of the questions that they have. You just got to drop Hicks, put him ninth. Let him be a guy that gets on base in front of LeMay. You gets on base in front of Judge. Not be the guy that you're waiting to drive in those two guys. And I know what Aaron Boone said last week, that he wants LeMay, you judge, and Hicks to get on in front of Stanton. No, what Hicks, LeMay, you and Judge get on in front of whoever you got in the third hole. That's what my answer would be. You know, let the three-hole hitter and the four-hole hitter be your premium RBI guys because historically, isn't that the way you're supposed to line up your 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 team, have yes. your best RBI guys in the three and four spots? Yes, because because the, the theory behind that is – and I'm sorry, I was looking something up, so I don't know exactly what what you're saying, but we're, are you advocating for, like, Judge batting third? No, I'm advocating Hicks to not bat third. I'm okay, so, okay. But regardless, I mean, your hopes are because when you're putting together a lineup, you're putting it together as, you know, as optimistically as possible. So the, the whole point of the three hitter is that when that guy gets up, you have a runner in scoring position already. Right, your first two, your first guy's a table setter. Your number two hitter is either also getting on base or or doing what he has to do to get that runner over. And the reason why the three hitter has traditionally always been a big RBI guy is because you're expecting that in his first at bat you have a runner in scoring position already. And then if you want to look at it to the full extreme of optimism at that point, by the time your cleanup hitter gets up, all three guys are on base. I mean, that's really what you're doing. So I just don't understand, and I, and I get the argument of having like a guy like Judge bat second instead of third, but I just I can't fully comprehend the fact that a you wouldn't want him in the three hole, right? Because we've seen just the Yankees don't have any other legitimate three hitter right now, and other than that, I like the idea of having Judge bat right before Stanton. I do. I think that's deadly. I really do. Here, here's here's the Yankees thinking that they don't want the the two of them 
back to back because they can also, as deadly as they can be, they can also be death for a rally that they should both strike out a lot. But everybody on this team strikes out. So then, why haven't bet second? Right? I mean, you you have a buffer. Yeah, a buffer, but. My two hitter at that point, if my lead up guy, if my leadoff guy is setting the table and my two guy can strike out a lot, the idea then is that my three hitter still doesn't have someone in scoring position well, at that, that was point. The, that was the always the idea is that you didn't want to have two guys with such high strikeout numbers back to back. But name me a guy on this team that doesn't strike out right. a lot. And and then name me two guys back to back, at least when they're on, that a pitcher is going to shit his pants the most over. I mean, for me, it's all a, a lot of it has to do with the mentality of the pitcher as he's going through your lineup, and the fact that you have Judge batting before Stanton is going to make as long as Stanton's on a, on somewhat of a hot streak, Judge is going to see a lot better pitching. The fact that the fact that you have a guy like Hicks, say, or or you know, even Gardner, who it might not be fair, but he's not really intimidating too many pitchers. Let's just use Hicks in this example. The fact that you have Hicks batting before Stanton and after Judge is just like it doesn't make sense. It does. You want a guy batting before Stanton who can be deadly when when hot. You want that guy to also be a guy who's one of your best hitters. So uh, the fact that it's Hicks, let's say, it just really doesn't make sense to me. Somebody needs to get hot and get behind Stanton because Stanton's lost right now. Well, let's hope really, that this was somewhat of a catalyst for uh, for Torres today, because I'm screaming yeah. in my car when it was 0-2, and I'm screaming that he sucks. Right. You know, I'm listening at this point on the radio. I'm screaming that he sucks, whatever. And then he gets a. I think it was 0-2. I think he had an 0-2 hit to 0-2. to tie the game, which was huge. And you hope that kind right, of sparks and, something. And Kay brought this up on the broadcast that uh, Hicks is like uh, not Hicks. Torres is like a. Two eleven hitter with two strikes, and you're saying to my, you probably, and he's right in saying he's like you're probably saying that's terrible. Well, league average is like one seventy or something, so it shows that he's he's still locked in in those situations. Like two strikes, no, but you know, pitcher's got the advantage. But if you're hitting thirty points above league average in those situations, yeah. Yeah, and that was what? That was Torres. That was uh, the eighth inning. The Yankees tied the game with that hit, and that was Torres' first RBI. He's, he's, you know, we keep talking about this, but he's got to get going. He's got to get going. There's a, there's a lot of guys on this team that need to get going. He needs to get going more than, you know, Judge didn't have a great game today. LeMayu didn't have a great game today. But, you know, I think in the end those guys will be fine, you know, because they, even though, Judge missed half the year last year. He still represented himself in the games that he played. LeMayu was the batting champion last year, you know. So, but Torres had an awful year last year before the postseason. He's got to he's got to turn this around. Yeah, and for me, there's two guys that stand out that when they're when they're on, <coughs> it changes the dynamic of this lineup. And you would think it would be guys at more of the top of the lineup here, but for me, it's Torres and it's and it's Sanchez. Because more times than not, these two guys seem to get up in really big spots for the Yankees, no matter where they're hitting in the lineup. It seems like it seems like big spots follow them in this lineup. And when they seem to be able to put the ball in play and make something happen, this team wins. And and it's too often 
that when they're not hot, they're getting up in big spots and they're not only not making a productive out, but they're striking out, looking lost at the plate, and it kills every big inning. So when it got to 0-2 on Torres, I really was I was frustrated because I was like, here's this is going to be another opportunity for this kid to kind of get his season going and he's going to fucking blow it. And he didn't. So maybe that's maybe that's a sign for for his season to start taking off now. You know, I think maybe, and we brought this up on the opening day episode. I think a lot of Yankee fans have some misplaced anger. They don't. That's why they're maybe like extra right now because they can't yell at Gary Sanchez. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's been their best hitter now. Uh, if these are current, and I think they are, he's got a two ninety six average, four runs batted in through the first nine games, and a nine sixty two OPS, which is outstanding. I mean, anything uh, over 900 is ridiculous. So, I mean, uh, is he going to keep up the pace? I don't know. But, look, let's bring this up real quick because this is a thought that popped into my head Saturday. When do you traditionally sit your starting catcher? After a day, like a day game after a night game. Right. So, when Gary Sanchez, even though it was still still technically a day game, I think Saturday would have been – perfect time to give gary a day yeah they absolutely do it who's starting tomorrow <laughs> who's start who's on the mound tomorrow yeah, Cole, Cole. Um, yeah, yeah yeah so you so what you're gary saying started is, let's gary see. started all three gary started all three games on the turf too let's keep that in right mind. You know how to- <laughs> right so so any so pretty much let's see through the smoke screen here uh if he's sitting and they tell you it's anything but them wanting to match up Higgy and Cole. They're they're bullshitting you, right? Because the Yankees are the Yankees are off Thursday, so we'll you know we'll come back. We'll do it. We'll do a show Thursday like we did last week for Friday morning. If I'm wrong, I'll come on here and say I'm wrong. But uh-huh. right now, I mean, line them up. And again, let's reiterate this point: <laughs> we're not even arguing it anymore. We're not saying they're wrong for doing it anymore, right? Because if Cole's going to have games like he did last time out, do whatever the fuck you got to do at this point. I don't care. I just want to win a World Series. It's, the, it's, the, it's just the storytelling that's, that's annoying now. Like, we're not dumb. I know some of us seem dumb. But, like, just like you were able to, to use a little critical thinking there and put the pieces together... If you're going to sit Gary, and and you know how the Yankees talk about the turf nonstop, turf is the fucking killer. If you're ever going to do it, it would have been Saturday. It would have been Saturday 100% or one of these games. So if it's tomorrow, give me a break. And that's fine. Just tell me. Just be honest. That's all I'm asking. This is what we said on uh, Thursday's show. Just, just be honest. Be like, Higgy's his catcher. And then we'll be like, okay, fine. Yeah. He's going to go out. If he, if Cole is caught by Higashioka Monday and spins another gym, that's it. That's all I want. I don't care. I know, look, we've had discussions about this in the past of you don't want Garrett Cole to have a personal catcher, and I don't really want him to either, but this is it's not unprecedented for aces to have their own personal catcher. I don't care if he's going to do that with Higashioka. I don't care anymore. I'm not going to fight the fight, but don't lie about it. That's all I'm going to say. That's it. That's it. I think part of it, I think part of the Yankees reluctance to just be open about it is that they don't want to discredit Cole. 
in saying that because Cole's not the one asking for it. So I don't think they want to discredit Cole and, and make it seem as if they feel he, he needs Higashioka to be successful. But just, again, kind of open up about that. Just be honest, even if it's a superstitious thing. Even if it's just like, look, it's not even that we feel he's a better pitcher with him on the mound or whatnot. It's just that it's been working, whether that be just coincidentally or not. It's working, so why not Why not do it? Uh, I don't know if you were actually watching the game at, the, at, the, at this time. You said you were driving, but they caught Cole and Sanchez having a conversation in uh, – in the dugout. It was a little animated. Gary's always got that look on his face anyway, that he's always perpetually pissed off at the world. It's just his, I don't know, it's just, it's just his face. Uh, so I don't know. It seemed like he was irked by something, but I don't know. He's always got that kind of like look on his face. I don't want to read too much into how he feels, but I'm saying to myself, what are these two talking about? Gary Sanchez will never have to fucking catch. He's never going to catch Garrett Cole. Well, Susan went on for about <laughs> 10 minutes about, how Garrett Cole is just he's so much more than an ace because like he just he's going up to pitchers coming out of the games and like and again when Montgomery came out of the game I don't know where you were at the time yeah that's what she was talking about Montgomery sat next to Cole and 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 they were uh and it was like class was in session there yeah and uh but I don't know Susan and Cole have a thing I don't know I don't I if I was Cole's was. wife, I would be looking into this a little. Yeah, I, I'm not saying it's it's that, but I am. Uh, I, I want to bring up now that I mentioned Gary Sanchez's uh, attitude. I want to bring this up because Phil Mushnick, we get accused of a lot of shit on by people misinterpreting what we say on here. But Phil Mushnick is an actual racist, okay? Yeah, because he he actually uh, he actually had this to say uh, today, and I'm going to read it. Last week. And this is in reference to Gleyber Torres. Uh, last week, the Venezuelan, with just four years in the big, stood for a pregame interview on Yes and through faulty English, nevertheless understood and answered Meredith Morakovic's questions to the best of his English-speaking ability. It's clear he's working on English. Then he goes on to say, Gary Sanchez, after seven seasons with the Yankees and before that with the club's farm teams, still can't be bothered. He relies on an interpreter, still deficient in English as he is in fundamental baseball skills and awareness. Okay, I'll say this about Phil Mushnick. Uh, I'm going to start by prefacing by I think the guy's a piece of shit. Um, if you go back to when he talked about the Nets. when Right, you saw that? When, Jesus when, Christ. And look, I'm not sitting here, and I'm not going to call the guy a racist. I'm not. I, I'm just not going to do it because he never blatantly came out and said something direct of making them in any other race inferior. But what he was trying to do was mock Jay-Z being some type of owner or agent or whatnot. And the, and the way he did that was disgusting. Um, I'm not going to repeat what he said in the article, but you can do a quick Google search and read it completely inappropriate. And if I were, I think who, who do you write for when he wrote that the post? I believe so. I mean, he'd be fired immediately. And I wouldn't sit there and even call him a racist. I'd just call him a fucking idiot for for thinking that that was a good way to get his point across. What I'll say about this is, again, Phil Mushnick is a piece of shit. And the way he says things would lead you to believe that the guy is probably a fucking racist. He probably is. At least if I'm going to interpret what he is, that would be my first guess. But... 
I'm not, I don't entirely disagree with his ultimate point. I, and again, the way he made that point, just like he did with the Nets, is despicable. And I think he's a moron. But I think that it is important for these guys. And, and here's the thing that he should have followed up with. These guys do speak English. It's not that Gary doesn't speak English. He's just not comfortable enough with his English to get his point across. And, and who knows how much Gary's been working on it. I mean, look, if you put me in a different country right now, and, and I would do my best to learn language, but I would still probably, even seven years later, be not, not be good enough to speak to the media. I would not be. So who's to say that Gary's not working on that? A good journalist, a good reporter, would have actually had that conversation with Gary and confirmed that before he went and made those allegations against him. So I'm not get I'm not going to say that his point is necessarily wrong. I think no, it's wrong. I think it is very important for any player who who is not a primary primarily English speaking to work on on the English language. I think it's important for all of us. Just like if we were to go to a uh, primarily Spanish speaking country, that it would be important. But to make those allegations without any evidence of that they're not trying to is what's wrong, in my opinion. And the way he does it is is a disgrace. No, he's completely wrong for even bringing it up, number one. Well, it's pointless. I mean, it's just pointless. Of, of No, because you're using the fact that the guy doesn't speak English, which is false, number one, to knock him as a baseball player. Absolutely. Right. That's what I'm saying. It, the, what he's doing and in, in in using to get across is wrong. So, I mean, are you not paying attention when I just said, I'm not saying you, but like I just said five minutes ago, that he's having a conversation with Garrett Cole in the dugout. There's no interpreter around. How's he talking to Garrett Cole? Uh, exactly. That's exactly what I just said. I mean, the guy, if you, if you open your eyes and you did a little bit of journalism, like let's do a little bit of, of journalisming, okay? You would know he speaks English. Okay? I just don't like, I don't like that shit. I'm sorry, I don't. It's just, it. Because, again, like you said, if you went to a – let's say you moved to Mexico, right? Mm -hmm. You moved to Mexico. Dude, I took – and, look, I understand it's different than, than speaking with people that are native to the land. It's a completely different uh, dialect or whatever. I completely understand that. I took Spanish in college and in high school. I, I didn't learn shit. And I'm sure that if I moved down there, I would barely be able – even if I lived there for seven years, I'd barely be able to get by with saying basic things. Yeah, and so and I, and and if I'm trying and like you said with the media, if you're trying to speak to thousands of people, I would never feel comfortable in my Spanish to get to have my point be conveyed the way that I would want it to be. Yes, so I I that's why I'm saying I think it's important for these guys to to try and to work at it, just for their own personal lives, not necessarily to speak to fans. When you're speaking to the fans, here's what I care about. Here's what I care about. I don't care about you taking time to speak to learn how to speak English. I care about you taking time to learn how to not hit 186 or whatever he batted last year. Like that's all I care about with Gary. I don't care about anything else. I don't care what he's doing right. with it, what language right. he's learning or, or whatnot. Is it commendable? Like, is it? Do I think it's great that Glaber Torres has has really worked hard to speak to English language? Yeah, but that's that's something that is an individual thing. And we don't know how, again, we don't know how much Gary has done that 
And it's just more of a wanting to get his point across. And I think it's just, again, with the whole article, the thing that's pointless, the thing that's wrong with it is that it's pointless. It has nothing to do with Gary, the player. And to to bring that up as a point is what makes me start to question Phil Mushnick or whatever the fuck his stupid name is. It makes me question his intentions. Right. Okay. You know what? Based on the article, because he does commend uh, Torres, and maybe doesn't scream racism there, because it just seems like he has this intense hatred for Gary Sanchez for no reason. But then when you back that up with the way the article was written about when Jay Z took part ownership of the Nets, I mean, you start. You, you got to put the pieces to, together. You still have to start to put the pieces together. You do, but. Here's the last thing we'll say about this, and then we'll move on from it. How come it was never lazy, or he didn't care, or he wasn't working hard, but Masahiro Tanaka used an interpreter? No one ever said that about him. Why is this a knock? Why is this something we used to knock Gary Sanchez? Another guy who obviously spoke English, and when he did, when we did hear him speak English, he was always he was cracking jokes. He was he was hilarious. So, like, again, it's not, it, it's just such a pointless thing to bring up, in my opinion. If you were doing an article and, and doing some research and stuff and an article on, on professional athletes from different countries and learning to speak the language and what it's done for their lives and as athletes or whatever, and you want to bring that up and use that as a point, that's one thing. But you're reporting on the New York Yankees at this point. Who cares what language they're speaking? Honestly, as long as as long as he could communicate with the, I mean, with the pitcher, who cares? that's all I care about. Yeah, as long as they know fastballs coming, okay, curveballs coming. All right, let's talk it over. Let's as long as Garrett Cole isn't choo- isn't choosing Higashioka because he just he truly can't understand Sanchez, like I don't care. Then I don't care, and it's pointless. So the the post, before we move back into other things, the post was really on a roll this weekend because. Uh, Joel Sherman actually wrote an article about how the Yankees should trade Glaber Torres for Trevor Story. Hmm. And Trevor Story, when's his contract up? Uh, when the season ends. Oh, so so he meant like as a rental too, like stupid point on top of a stupid point. We're saying. Yes. Okay. Good job. <laughs> I'm not even going to argue the point that you might think that Trevor Story is a better shortstop than Glaber Torres. You can think that I, he probably. I think is. it's I'm fair saying that he's. I think I as of right that's, now, that's fair. But anybody, if you're covering, if you're getting paid to cover baseball, on what level does it make sense? The Yankees, would, Ryan, how, when is Glaber Torres a free agent? 2024? Can you look that up, please? I know it's it's years down the road. Yeah, give him up for, give him up for a rental. If anyone, if you're going to give him up for anyone, it should be a rental for sure. 2025 right. is uh, 20, free agency. Yeah, so after the 2024 season. Okay. So the Yankees have him under team control for 2024. So let's already say how stupid. Let's break this down in a couple different ways. Let's already say how stupid it is that you would trade your starting shortstop who you have under control until 2024 for a guy that is a rental. Let's say how this stupid point number one that is. Okay. Mm -hmm. Point number two of how stupid that is, is why would you take an asset like Glaber Torres and trade him for somebody that plays the same exact position that he does. Mm-hmm. Number three, why would you take that asset in Glaber Torres and trade him for the same exact position that he plays when you can just turn around in a couple of months 
and write a check for Trevor's story. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and point number four of how stupid it is, why would you then waste an asset like Glaber Torres on the same exact position when you know that other teams out frozen you can you need so why would you ever so why would you ever suggest to trade Glaber Torres for another shortstop tell me that you want to trade Glaber Torres for starting pitching and then use other assets to get Trevor Story doesn't that makes a little bit more sense doesn't it well here here's where you debunk the whole the whole narrative to begin with who's a better shortstop Trevor Story or Corey Seager I would, I, I guess, I would probably say Corey Seager is a better shortstop. I okay. like Corey Seager better. That's me personally. Who's? Yeah, I'd say Seager. Who's? Uh, who's available out of Trevor Story and Corey Seager when the season's over? I believe they're both free. As of right now, I think both. Yeah, both. Got it. So, so like to your point, you could just write a check for. Let's not forget, there's maybe a better shortstop out there than Trevor Story. So instead of just waiting. You're and as just going to hate him. You're just going to trade. Correa him. might be the best of, of of anybody that hits the free agency market next year. I'll say this about Carlos Correa: I hate his guts so much. He might be my most hated player in baseball right now, but he is by far the best overall shortstop in the game right now, just in every aspect of the game. So that's not even even if you okay if you don't want to say by far. If you just want to make the statement, he's the best overall shortstop in the game. That's not debatable, in my opinion. He is. So right. So you have you have you have your pick of the litter of shortstops that you want, but you're going to trade Glaber Torres in season to get one of these guys, and then have to sign them because you already traded Glaber Torres, and you didn't upgrade your team in any other, in any way, in my opinion, because trading Glaber Torres for another shortstop is not really upgrading the team, whether the guy's a better player or not. Because if I'm bringing in a better shortstop, what I want to do with Glaber Torres is improve the team in another area. I, it doesn't make any sense. It yeah. doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Yeah, look, and I think here's the best way to go about talking about Torres, because we keep saying, like, this is the year he's got to prove himself. Here's how we need to think of it. Right now, Glaber Torres is still the prospect who has been touted as a future superstar in our minds that is who he is why because he hasn't brought that to fruition yet so you're at least at the very least this year you're taking this season to to evaluate him and say has he gone from touted as future superstar to this kid is on his way to to be a great baseball player and if you can do that with a guy that's under control until the end, until the end of the 2024 season, you're not giving him up for anything. For anything. Right, but there are ways that it makes sense to trade him. It I'm not saying that there isn't. Trade him for another fucking shortstop. Right. I'm not saying that there isn't, but that price is going to be very high still. All right. So I just had to get that out of there cuz that was a big thing on Twitter this weekend that and it just it's just mind boggling that people get paid for these types of opinions. It just it just is. Uh, one thing that we need to talk about from Saturday's game, and then we'll kind of move off the series and on to other a couple other things, is that Domingo Herman got sent to the alternate site uh, 
after the game on Saturday. The Yankees with off days don't really need a fifth starter for a while. Boone today said uh, he kind of expects Herman to be back, but he said Davey Garcia is also in play. Now, even if they bring Herman back, what this does is just gets him the fuck out of here for a while where nobody has to look at him yeah. or, or see his fucking stupid face. Yeah, well, that's a good point. The yeah. fact that you could just have him not be around for right now. I think that that's a good way of looking at it. But, you know, the way that the options work, he'll he'll be back. I think what you have to stay at the alternate site for, days. for like 10 days. Yeah, so he'll be back. The, and they're the way option, this, I think if, I'm sorry, Ryan. If the way options work is still the same, it's 10 days yeah. unless there's an injury. I think you're going to see this a lot this season by the Yankees. They're going to use that shuttle. Yeah, well, unless, here's. Unless unless, it, unless it's unless somebody goes on the COVID list, I think like Gio was on the COVID list Friday. Okay, because he had a reaction to the uh, to the uh, vaccine. So um, I think that I think that's where it changes. But if it's not has nothing, if the guy doesn't go on the COVID list, then I think it's still the ten days that they got to stay down there. So when I saw that you had let us know that they uh, sent him down, Herman, the first thing that came to my mind wasn't that they were done with him necessarily. Because I figured that was kind of going to be the storyline um, of him coming back and forth and whatnot. What it did tell me, though, and and just looking into it a little deeper, is they were pretty quick to get rid of him. They were pretty quick to get him away, like you're saying. And it just got to lead you to believe, and I'm not saying this is the truth. I'm just trying to, again, put pieces together. It's got to lead you to believe that we were onto something when we said he never truly just came out and made things right because the last thing we heard from everyone from his teammates was, was very negative and we never heard anything else following up from that. So the fact that the Yankees are so quick to just get him out of here is kind of telling to me. I don't think this is a guy they really want around. I think, you know, if they're, if he's performing, that's a different story and you kind of just suck it up. And, you know, like we said, you use them to be effective, but, the fact that he's not, and they were so quick to just ship him away, right. it's kind of telling to me on yeah. on what his what the environment is when he's around. That that could have that could have played a part in it because I mean I think at, for this game they did need some uh, they did need an extra pitcher because these guys have been overworked in the series. And look, the guy but, they called up for him, Alberto Bray, he looked yeah, fantastic. He, to, he did yeah, look great, really good. You know, so. Uh, you got to wonder if maybe that's in the back of their mind when they make the move. It's like, hey, this guy, the, the drama around him, maybe it's a good thing to just get. Yeah, no one wants here. him here. Right, because here's the thing, right? No one, again, we always say this nobody absolves what he did, but when you're pitching well, that's no longer the story. Right. Because now when right. he's not pitching well, it's, well, this guy sucks and he's a bad person. When he's pitching well, people are just like, okay, whatever. Whatever, we can hate him and not not agree with what he did, but he's helping the team win, and they still have him on the team, so you're supporting him in that sense. But when he sucks and he's a piece of shit, it just you just don't even want to see him anymore. Right, and I was talking to a couple of people today on Twitter, and it's just like, they're like, oh, Boone said I'll be back. Right, and here's the thing. I love Aaron Boone. We all know that, Booner for Boone, that originated here, so if you're hearing it anywhere else. Uh. I'm really surprised though. I really that one never really took off. I wonder why people don't steal that one from us. Hmm. They're starting to. I feel like Banner. saw a couple of tweets. Okay, so uh, 
I I love I really do. I love I, I like Aaron Boone and I think the fans were wrong to get on him this weekend that they want that the team has no fire and it's because of Boone. That's another thing that I want to co- just touch on. I don't think the Yankees are lackadaisical or they don't lackadaisical. care. Lackadaisical. Or yeah, okay, idiot. Uh or they don't care or they have no fire or they're not hungry. That's just what it looks like when you're losing. If you really don't think that this team, I, I I don't know how to explain it, but I'm just saying I don't understand. I just don't think that you can sit there through eight nine games and tell me that this team doesn't want it this year because they haven't gotten off to a hot start. Yeah, uh, I think that we should table this until we get to DJ Lemayu. I know we're going to touch on him a little bit because I really think it goes that discussion goes hand in hand with with DJ Lemayu. Right. But <clears throat> what was I saying now? I'm very forgetful. With Boone today. being fired up. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, with Herman. With Herman, right? Boone says a lot of shit that's not true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, it, uh, like he said, like, remember, not um, it wasn't that big of a deal. And <clears throat> we'll just briefly say it because it, it, it was a discussion point on the, on the rundown, but we don't have to get too deep into it. Aaron Judge is not dead. He played the last couple of days, uh, so it really wasn't that big of a deal. Uh, although I don't know anybody that wasn't holding their breath when he's chugging around the bases when uh, Glaber, on Glaber Torres' single. Like your immediate reaction is enjoy that the Yankees tied the game, and it's did Aaron Judge get hurt? Yeah, because you just anytime this guy has to exert him or Stan, anytime these guys have to exert any type of energy, you beyond, just yeah, you, you just, just want to see him hit a home run and jog and at jog. This point. Yes, but. Aaron Judge appears to be fine. Uh, he said that it was something that he felt in the Toronto series, so I guess that debunks all the vaccine talk, that it was something to do with the vaccine. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so it, it appears he's fine. He played the last two games, so he's not dead. We don't have to worry about that. And But, I don't know, maybe he'll sit tomorrow because of the turf, you know. You know how the Yankees are with the turf. Uh, but remember, like, two, last year or whenever it was, Aaron Judge came out of a game in the fifth inning. Always fine. There's nothing wrong with him. And then they put him on a milk carton for six weeks or whatever it was. Yeah. He was yeah. So I love Boone, but a lot of the times he just says shit because that's what he's t- that's the company line, I guess, and that's what he has to say. And he says, "Oh yeah, uh, Herman will be back," but he it could be true. It could not be true. But at all, at least what it does at this point, it gets him out of here. We don't have to look at him. We don't have to talk about him. And it. And at least it gives the Yankees time to reevaluate bringing them back. And that's all I guess we can ask for at this point. Yeah. All right. So I guess I don't know what else is on the show. What else is on the rundown here? Frazier. Is that it? Aside from Frazier and, and DJ, I believe. We wanted to all get right. to. Yeah. So let's get to Clint Frazier. I don't know what he ever did to the Yankees. <laughs> they, but he, they still hate him. They still hate this guy. Why after seven games is he on the bench? I understand. No, look, a lot of people made this point. Nobody on this team is hitting. So, why, but why is it taken out on Clint Frazier? Because I guess that's the easiest guy to to take it out on. Because I, you wouldn't want to sit Hicks. I mean, I get you might statistically, but if there is one guy you'd want to replace, it would be the righty for the lefty in Frazier. Yeah, and but he's and your start. But here's the thing: if he's your starting, I know, starting no, left I know, field, I know. I'm not. Yeah, all right. I'm saying if he's your starting mm-hmm. left fielder, 
You want to give him a day on Saturday. You want to give him a blow, give him a break. He's been slumping. I get it. I have no problem with that. But like we, but like we said with Gary Sanchez and Higashioka, once you do the thing that you said you weren't going to do, it lends you to believe that you were just lying about it in the first place. Then, then Kyle Higashi, like we said, if now if Higashioka starts on Monday night, we know that the Yankees were full of shit. Sanchez just started on opening day to avoid the drama and Higgy's Coles catcher. So now when you sit uh, Frazier two days in a row, all that talk about him being your starting left fielder is horse shit. Yeah. Because the minute he slumped, you went to Brett Gardner. All right, can you... Let's see if you can agree with me. I think there's four, three factors contributing and a possible fourth to this. Uh, excuse me. The first one being, and I think possibly most obviously, is that the trap is not the easiest place to to catch a fly ball in the outfield. And maybe the Yankees, you know, they felt this series was a big series. They needed to to win, and they wanted Gardner. to shore up the defense. Gardner and, made some nice plays defensively yeah. too to back that point. So up. maybe maybe that could be one thing. But there's some other things that can can be contributing. The second thing being that uh, Gardy's kind of hot right now. Not hot, but he's making things happen. Let's say, and 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 the third being that he's a lefty. Um, and obviously back to point number two. He's making things happen, and Clint Frazier isn't. And third, he's a lefty. And the fourth, and I didn't have time today to look into this, but I, I wanted to. Did we look at any matchups that Guardy had the upper hand in a significant way? It wasn't pointed out in the broadcast, so I don't think that it was any type of significance because okay. you know that they have all that stuff in front of them. I just find it very hard to believe that the Yankees are just giving up on Clint Frazier. But everybody else is allowed to slump except for Clint Frazier. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. You know that to be true. When he... When he started the season, he was batting 500 through the first four games. That's that was fine. Then he had two or three games. Now his average is down to 250 or whatever it is. He's on the bench. He's the only guy in this lineup that's not allowed to have a slump. Yeah, well, you have a guy in Brett Gardner who. Again, it's not even that you can sit here and say, like, oh, he's red hot. But he is making things happen. And you're not going to, you're not going to, if, if you have Clint Frazier, Aaron Judge, and and Aaron and Aaron Hicks. You all, know what my answer is going to be, so don't ask all not All not making anything happen, right? Let's just say at any given time. Oh, Chris, I promised, before we do this, I promised people we would do this today. So can we just do this before I forget again? Yeah. Can we just do this, please? Sure. Going back to the Domingo Herman talk, when Aaron Boone called Herman in his office, he had just a couple of words to say to him. I think it was like um, they he got an email, and it was something serious, and then, he's, then Cashman said in the email, allow yourself an hour and a half to sit down. We have something to say. And then when he got into the office, it was kind of just like, get the fuck out. Okay. I and, wanted to make sure that we, I it. forgot. Yeah, that was it. We promised people we would do that. So, so he changed his schedule uh, around for an hour and a half, and then it was it was just that simple. Wow. Okay. But uh, so, it, at any given yeah. time, if you have Hicks, Judge, and Frazier all not making things happen, you're not going to replace Hicks. 
because you need yes you are because he sucks hold on you need a the reason why you're trying to get guardy in is because you need you want another lefty in this lineup well hicks is a switch hitter he's the only other guy so he's not going to be the guy that you're pushing out that quickly judge is aaron judge doesn't matter what he's doing he's not gonna sit for for gardner so who's the odd man out when you want to get that extra lefty in the lineup? You're asking the wrong person because it's Aaron Hicks. I don't care that he's another left hand. Yes, hitter. I understand. I'm just I'm trying to be you right now. Yeah, well, I'm trying. You know, when you I know. try and get emotional answers from you and you don't give them to me, well, I'm trying to give you the logical Yankee answer here. Aaron yeah, Hicks. Because that Aaron was Hicks the reasoning, sucks. though. That was the reasoning behind having Gardner in the lineup was to have the lefties in the lineup. So by taking Hicks out, you would. This is a fair. That. This argument. is a fair question that somebody asked today. If Brett Gardner was here, I mean, if Brett Gardner was not here, would Mike Talkman be getting the same opportunities to jump Clint Frazier that Brett Gardner is getting? Probably. Probably. So this is not a Gardner thing. This is a Frazier thing. Is talk, Talkman's a righty batter? No, he's lefty. He's a lefty batter, yeah. That's so yeah. then, yeah, that's... Probably. So this is not. It's a lefty so thing. But I don't, no, it's a it's a Clint Frazier thing. I think in this sense, he's the odd man out. I do. But why? Because you're playing a team like the Rays, who have tricks up their sleeves every inning of every game, and you don't want to. You don't want to go out. You want to. I know it's only two guys, but you want to go out there with the most adverse. T-ball team this weekend, and they want to put Clint Frazier on the bench. So then if that's your theory, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. If he continues to sit for Gardner, which I don't think is going to happen, then you're 100% right. Tomorrow. I think he has to play tomorrow now or else you're really going to feed the narrative. So let's see if he goes 0 for 4 or 0 for 5 and, and then he's benched the next day again. But again, nobody else suffers when they slump. Only Clint Frazier. You want to tell me he gets a day off because he's struggling? You want to get Guardy in the lineup? Guardy didn't play that great on Saturday where it warrant him getting back in the lineup yesterday or today because on Sunday. Because Christian, it's the only it's the only position. Let's look at the I bench. I don't like when you're being rational. Because so shut the fuck no, Let's shut look the at the bench up. real quick. We have a catcher, right? So he doesn't do anything but back up Sanchez. Then you have guys like Talkman who have been coming off the off the bench late in games to pinch run, right? And and then you have uh Odor now. Well, Bruce today dead. And dead and Bruce. Now. But like my point is you're looking at a guy in Gardner who is not only making things happen, but he's a defensive upgrade. But put where Frazier else do back you really in the lineup that? today? That's all I'm saying. But put him back in the lineup today. I really, I think if any of my theories are contributing theories to why, I think a lot of it has to do with playing the outfield at the trop. I think it's very difficult. Okay. And and then when you take that and then you So he's not your starting Chris, so he's not your he's not he's not your starting left fielder then if he can't play in the ballpark with one of your division yeah. rivals. Okay, that's a yeah. fair point, but like, uh, but like, I still blame the stadium. Like, if there's any, if there's ever a time where I can blame either the stadium or the player, well, it's the trop. I'm going to blame uh, the stadium every single time. But what let's other player? Weekend, what other player is not playing because of the trop? Who else are you going to bench because of the trop? Who Nobody, else makes that's sense? The point. If you if he he's not your starting left fielder, then <laughs> that's I, my point. I'm not disagreeing with you in that sense. I get what you're saying, but let then let's see. Let's see how it plays out. Just like everything else of being 
going crazy over, you know, just nine games. This is one of them. Like, we don't know yet, but we will find out very quickly. Yeah. It's just very fishy. It's not... No, there's a difference between the fans wanting to cancel the season after nine games and the Yankees already reverting back to their patterns of shit that they said wasn't true. Like, Higgy's not his catcher, and Clint Frazier's are starting left fielder. And They're Judge is fine, but then he misses, you know, he's out of the lineup when he's supposed to be. Right. It's just not, it, I just want to know, like, what, but here's the thing, and I, I brought, and know. I was, and, I, <laughs> and again, I had a conversation about this today. They have such they they obviously value him so much that they won't trade him. But they don't treat him like that on the field. Yeah, he's like their punching bag. He's like their fucking punching bag. And it's like, you know, you think about it. He really doesn't deserve it because he's getting really tough questions asked to him, like, do you think you're a good left fielder? And he's saying yes. So like we should really give him more of a chance. You know, and that's another thing. I don't even want to know why you brought her up into this when she uh there was a whole nother big thing is that she was prying around Stanton's business earlier this week oh, asking yeah. him if he was vaccinated. Number one, that's no that's none of anybody's business. Your personal medical information is your personal medical information. If you want somebody to know that you're vaccinated, then you tell them that. It's not the reporter's job to go out there and ask questions whether or not you are vaccinated, have you had side effects from the vaccination. That's not your business. Now, you're not there. You're, you're not there. You're not interviewing Dr. Gofouch yourself. You're interviewing a fucking baseball player. So ask him baseball questions. Yeah, like, honestly, it just goes back to... How lazy can... like? It's like they all have an award at the end of the year that no one knows about, and it's just the laziest journalist gets the gets the award and it's like how lazy can we be today what's the laziest question we can ask this guy oh okay i got it do you think you're a good left fielder that's a good one uh I how can we COVID top that how can we I top think that it is still very serious i think people should still take precautions i think people should get vaccinated but I also think people shouldn't pry and tell other people's business about it. And the weird thing about her, about her that really pissed me off is we talked about this. this is when she snitch tweeting people, fucking taking pictures and putting them on Twitter that they weren't wearing masks at Steinbrenner Field. Who the fuck are you? You're not the mask police. And these people are sitting in their seats, social distance from strangers. Don't worry about it. You and yeah. first of all, you can't even use the excuse that I'm concerned about my personal health. You're not allowed near the players. It's none of your business. Yeah, it was like a husband and wife making out in a section by themselves. Like like literally they were the only people in the section. Oh, if Stan gets even I can still get coronavirus if Stan's not No, you can't because you're not allowed near John Carl Stan, so shut up. Yeah, you can't get it through Zoom. So I attacked a woman, so there you go. I'm playing there you up go. To my just, character. just getting getting one under your belt for this. I got to do what I got to do. We're gonna go out. You know, uh, I know you, you probably never saw it, but in Rocky Balboa, in the final fight, in his last fight, in the final round of the fight, the kid says to him, "Pop, you don't gotta take any more chances. You already proved everything you need to prove." And Rocky goes, "I gotta go out the way I gotta go out." So fuck uh, it. Uh, this is the final scene. Uh, well. It's like it kind of goes. It it kind of like coincides with uh the cc sabathia mentality that like he wanted to to go out with everything he had left and that was it that's what we're gonna do we got anything that we have left to say we're just gonna say yeah i hear you good points we're gonna have to do a whole pod on the uh if we ever launch the patreon we're gonna have to do a whole pod 
when he finally drops the uh, director's cut of Rocky Four, and I do a whole oh, show on that. Yeah, boy. You guys really should do a movie pod. I think it would be we great. Did. We did. We just oh. we did the one time on the Avengers movie, and I just I don't know where if it really ever went anywhere. But we had a good time doing it. Right. Yeah, that's true. All right, so we'll get back onto this now. And no, I'm not misogynistic. I just like playing into the character. It's fun. It's a character it's, piece. It's character piece. <laughs> It's just funny because uh, you, you get attacked for not even doing anything wrong. And then the one time that you'll actually will take a shot at a woman and it has nothing to do with her being a woman, just her being shitty at her job. Yes. It'd be a fucking green Martian. It's like a lot of Nobody times, w- a lot of times people scream racism and, and sexism and shit. It's like, now I'm just really going based off merit and competence here. Like her, I, her competency I, 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 level is very low. And I always say this, whether or not I like you has nothing to do with your race your religion your creed your sexuality is whether or not you're a fucking asshole or not exactly exactly 100 percent. so who's somebody who came off to me like an asshole today was michael k and uh look if there's anybody that should be immune from criticism in such a short sample size it's dj lemayu okay we'll close the show with this it's it's dj lemayu and we brought it up and was it the opening day episode when he brought up how poor DJ hit in spring training? Well, today now he's bringing up about how terrible DJ LeMay has been with runners in scoring position because now you know you're just feeding you're feeding a narrative you're creating a narrative and you're feeding it. LeMay, you look he was he was bad today. There's no other way to say it. DJ LeMay was bad. We got fair is fair. DJ was bad today. Bases loaded, double play, killed the rally. Boom. And then there was another spot later. Was it in extra innings or in the ninth inning? He came up and he I think it was the ninth still. Right. Fielder's choice. That goes, that's now he's two for 10 with runners in scoring position. The guy's hitting 200 when he was leading the major leagues or close to it in the last two years, uh, hitting and runners in scoring position. To me, and this is not me bringing out my Yankee pom poms and defending a guy, I just don't think it's fair. 10 at-bats into the season with runners in scoring position, now you're going to start pushing a narrative that DJ can't hit with runners in scoring position. I like to I like to use like society and cultural things to incorporate why we are where we are as fans. And I think this is a good one. In life, I think it's very important that people earn certain things with you. So in this sense, as fans watching players... Certain players have earned a certain amount of respect and confidence from you. That's part of that's part of being a fan of, of a baseball team. DJ LeMayu, if anyone has earned that type of respect and that type of confidence from you, in that the world isn't coming to an end and that he's obviously going to turn it around and that he's not just doesn't care anymore because he signed his contract... If it's going to be anyone, it's DJ LeMayu. And if we can't do that for DJ LeMayu, we can't do it for anyone. And that's why you're seeing this with, with guys like DJ now. No one's excused from it. Stanton could have 47 home runs in a, in a five-game span in the postseason, and they win the World Series, and the next year will still get booed. That's what this is now. It's no longer it's, – it's too much of what have you done for me lately with guys that have earned a spot in, in this franchise, in this organization – DJ LeMayu, if anyone right now has earned that, that's a big thing. That's something that in society will never progress if people don't earn certain things that they, 
that that they can kind of fall back on. DJ LeMayu is that guy. If you are seriously sitting here and questioning if DJ LeMayu is going to be DJ LeMayu before he isn't, right? I'm not saying that it can't happen, but right now... This if, guy did right here. If Who? Ryan. Ryan took the under on a batting average. This oh, year, yeah. That. <laughs> that was that was just him playing a little devil's advocate, though. Uh, DJ sucks. Sucks. But, like, come on. If, if there's one guy, who's the guy that you're always going to say... 100%. Is going to be okay because Judge isn't even that guy right now because we're just like yeah no he'll be good if he stays healthy if like DJ's the right. guy now, I still want DJ Lemayu up in all of those moments that he failed at one hundred percent series I mean who cares it's one it's one series he did have a, I mean it, it happened earlier in the year too I think it was first and third one out and he grounded into a double play I mean but and that was another thing Kay was saying he was yeah. like. Uh, into another double play. That's happening way more than you would like. Like, what the fuck are we even talking about right now? <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. It's, it's crazy. In. There's nothing to it than that. More than that. So right. So that's the question I posed in the rundown. Are you even remotely worried about DJ Lemayu right now? No, I didn't. It didn't even cross my mind. I was I was frustrated when he was up because you know he he comes up to the plate and you're like, here we go. This is. This is going to get things going. And then he grounded out into the double play, but it's like, whatever. He'll, he'll come back out tomorrow and the bases will be loaded and you'll you'll still expect that he's going to come through. For the you. Yankees' next 10 at-bats, if I can guarantee to put one person in the Yankees' next 10 at-bats with bases loaded, 10 out of 10 times, I'm going to put DJ LeMayu up in that situation. Absolutely. And that's the part I'm talking about that's earned. And it, and, right. and this is where I want to wanted to incorporate the whole fire in the Yankees think logically just for fucking one second and i'm not sitting here and saying they've looked good right we're not making that argument they've been frustrating over the first nine games of the season of course you know who's really sexy right now and i don't Gio. And again just Gio. he is he's very he's sexy so there. sexy yeah but and again we're just talking about him as a baseball player Aroldis oh. Chapman, dude. three fucking innings this oh. year. Dude, guess how many strikeouts he has in three innings this year? Eight, seven, nine. Every out he's recorded this year is via strikeout. That slider, dude. That slider. And you know, there's something, and there's something he's out here to prove something this year because how many times have we seen, especially recently, that he's not hitting a hundred? He's not hitting that triple digit. Yeah, he's at 102 June, the other day. July. This fucking guy's hitting 102 already and in then this he, part of the season. And then he breaks off the 89 mile per hour slider in a fastball count. It's Gross. wild. It's wild. But anyway, I want to incorporate. I to I, you know, no, no, no. I'm glad you did. So if you could just think logically for a second, we can for, we can start off by saying no one's showing up to the stadium going, hey. You guys care today? No, me neither. <laughs> right? Like, everyone fucking wants to win. Okay? So, here's something I'll say. Being, I'll give you a seven on that one. Thanks. I like. I was telling Christian, I really like how he's he's really rating a lot of my life performances now. And it's it's building my confidence. Just the way you were like, nah. Nah. Nah, that was a seven. So like, that was good. So, like, that's, so, that's the first thing, right? And the second thing is, being someone who's played on a lot of competitive teams... Chemistry, everyone thinks chemistry starts first and then comes the winning. That's that's no. not true. Okay? Winning starts first, and that's what builds the chemistry. When you're winning, that's when you see guys having a good time. That's when you see the swag on full force. That's when you see the confidence of no one's going to fucking beat us. 
And that's when the chemistry really, really just comes together. Right? So, so you're not... Yan- oh, sorry. sorry, no, you can go. So did the Yankees look like they cared and they were having a good time and they had fire and emotion and passion when they put up four runs in the 10th inning today? Yeah. Yes. Right. And people think because they're million-dollar athletes Athletes that they're robots. These are they're human right. beings. They have the same feelings and emotions we do. I mean, so if you're fucking sitting there frustrated and depressed and pissed off that they're not playing well, how do you think they feel? Right. Look at look at when Gio pulled up at third on his slide. He was he was going nuts with the dugout. Gary Sanchez, same thing on his single. They 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 wanted to win this game. Right. Too. And so what you do as a baseball team who you know, you're off to kind of a shaky start. You're not really terrible. It's nine games, whatever. You're four and five. You start building on those moments. And now Christian tweeted this, I think. Now you have your ace going back on the mound tomorrow. This is a he good opportunity it. for yeah, him to come out and, and do exactly what he did against the Orioles and to just kind of dominate and let his offense continue to have those moments where they're coming up in big spots. And again, you continue to build, and that's when teams go on con- fucking benders of breaking off <laughs> 10, 10 wins, losing a couple games, yeah. and winning another 10. And, and that's why you have to be patient. And that's why I want to incorporate the whole DJ. He's struggling. Are you worried bullshit? Because if there's one guy that we shouldn't be worried about, it's DJ, yet people are worrying about him. And it's like the fire's there, dude. If the, the fire's there with DJ, the fire's there with this team. If DJ's struggling right now, DJ, imagine how tough, tough it is to get into a groove. Once this team gets into that groove, you're not going to be quite, if there's one player, you're not going to be questioning it's DJ. So let's wait for that a little bit. Let's stop. Let's stop questioning all that shit. And let's wait. That doesn't mean that in the moment we cannot be frustrated. We should be. They're four and five. And they played a team this weekend that you really, like Christian said, wanted to make a statement against and they didn't. So yeah, of course you'd be frustrated, but to, to take this and then to, use it as a look into the future is idiotic and pointless and you're wasting your fucking time. Right. And I, we always talk about this on this show. Two things can be true at the same time. You can be upset and pissed that they're off to a four and five start. I'm not sitting here saying, yay, they won four right. games and they're four and five right now. That's great. Yay. No, it sucks, dude. I would rather them be seven and how whatever. about how about this? We're we're rooting every game. We're t- tuning into every game because we're expecting a win. Unless right. you're nine and zero, you're going to be frustrated at some point throughout this season. But at the same time, after nine games or eight games, because they won, to, it was really bad yesterday on Saturday. After eight games, I'm no way am I saying to myself, "Oh, this season's over." Right. Until there's a certain in, until there's a limited amount of games that are getting very difficult to overcome the position you're in until that point, you're not using what, where they are now as a, as a factor of where they're going to be. You know, if they're, if it's the all-star break and they're, you know, 10 games out of first place. Yeah. I mean, then start to fucking worry. That's 10 games and they're clearly not trending high, but even at that point, it doesn't mean they can't do it. We've seen, we've seen the Mets. How many games up were the Mets? Back in 2007 or whatever. Like a seven game lead with 17 to play. Exactly. So like. Those are the Mets. I agree. But just in general, I mean, after nine games, you just sound, you sound crazy. Can, can somebody honestly though, can somebody do something for Jacob deGrom? It's wild. What did, what did he do the other night? 
one run. He gave Over eight one, innings. One run in eight innings. Completely dominating performance. He loses the game. Can I read my He loses yeah. the game. Can I read my tweet that was sparked by the the text that you sent? So you sent the text saying that the over his last 78 starts, which is from the start of 2018 that comes out to 78 games, the Mets are 36 and 42 as a team, right? Which, which is, is un, you, it, unbelievable. It's unfathomable. But then when you really start to look into his numbers during those games, what is it like a 206? It becomes 10 times worse. Ready? So here's my tweet. Since 2018, since 2018, DeGrom has started 78 games for the Mets, which is tied for fourth in Major League Baseball for any starting pitcher for a team. Among 94 starting pitchers with 50 games started or more, DeGrom ranks first in ERA with a 206 and first in innings pitched with 503, which is very significant to innings pitched. So there's, so there's literally nothing else he could do to be better. Exactly. <laughs> so, like, the innings pitch is very significant to me because. If you're leading all of Major League Baseball, it means you're going pretty deep into fucking every game you're pitching. And to have a 206 ERA tied in with that means you're not giving up any runs. So he's first in those two, but ready? In in his decisions of those 78 games, he's 25 and 20. So he's only had 45 decisions out of the 78. Those 25 wins rank 36th in all of Major League Baseball for a pitcher with wins. And the team record of 36 and 42 is the third most losses in Major League Baseball the, of any starting pitcher team, this is team the, result. This is the hands down best pitcher in baseball. You have the third most losses in baseball for any one pitcher. So wow. if you're not winning games with Jacob DeGrom on the mound. And, and when we had Sal Licata on last episode, he said the easiest thing for the Mets to do is to win DeGrom's games, and they can't even do that. So, so then someone tweeted at me and said, we all know pitchers wins and he wasn't making a terrible point. He wasn't saying that anything was stupid in the tweet, but he tried to say that win, pitchers wins don't matter, blah, blah, blah. But I said, no, in this context, it does. It does. It absolutely does. Because I'm not talking about his, the merit of Jacob DeGrom here and how good he is. I'm saying that he only has 25 wins, having the most innings pitched and the lowest ERA in that time span. And that's the 36th, most wins out of all the other pitchers. No, because you're not using wins to as a barometer as how good of, he is. Exactly. That, that was my reply. Show that that how suck. is this team not winning games when he's on the mound? My reply exactly yeah. was exactly. they matter in this context. When a starting pitcher is throwing the most innings and giving up the least amount of runs, yet ranks 36th in wins, it matters. Not to measure DeGrom's success, but to show how badly the Mets are failing him. It sucks to see, and I hope the trend comes to an end. Because it, it, exactly. it's a disservice to baseball, really. When you have an ace like that, who's the best pitcher in baseball, disgusting. So so if there's anything that could be done, can we just borrow him for this season, win yeah. a World Series, and get him back? Yeah, could, we Maybe. have to trade Glaber for it, though. That's where it I makes that. sense in a oh. heartbeat. Heartbeat. If you oh, mean shit. to tell me that DeGrom and Cole are my top two and I have to start okay. Tyler Wade at shortstop? Yank. Yank, 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 yank. I will go yank. <laughs> no, but then how are we going to get Trevor's story, guys? Oh, forgot about that. <sighs> yeah, but they don't need... Uh, Labor Tories is our only pathway to Trevor's story. Apparently. Oh, <laughs> so. All right, so uh, <clears throat> I think that should put a bow on the Tampa series here. 
uh, again, like we said, man, it was it was really a series the Yankees needed to. Uh, I'm getting a lot of thank yous for the Yankees win today because I dressed my daughter in a Yankee jersey and I said, oh, yeah, I, did I meant for, to bring that up. I did it for good luck today. So, but you know what I'm well, thinking is, you kind of have to do it every day, and you now. can't wash the clothes now, so. No, I ha- I sit. No, I didn't let my wife put it in the laundry. I have it. Well, there goes you that. Gotta, you gotta, you gotta have her clothes ready for her every day. Now. Same I diaper, same diaper, no, same no, clothes. Let me draw a line there. Yeah, I, I said that she doesn't have to wear it all day tomorrow. But when the game starts, it goes on. One hundred percent. Yeah, that's the very right least on. you can do. Yeah. Uh, so, like we said, um, you know, there's a series you wanted to see the Yankees make a statement and. You know what, dude? I don't, I don't know, man. It's just like you just and, and it, they're going to have an opportunity again, real quick, to uh, to do this because they're going to play the Rays again this coming weekend at Yankee Stadium. But we'll get there when we get there. Coming up next is the Blue Jays and Dunedin, which they were saying the Yankees are probably going to stay at the same hotel because it's like a a twenty minute ride from where they were staying. So uh-huh. it's Garrett Cole against Robbie Ray Monday. I mean, the Yankees got to stack. You got to start stacking wins when your ace is on the mound. So there's no excuse for them to lose this game. They already lost one game with Cole on the mound. We were just talking about how the the uh, the Mets have failed uh, Jacob Degrom through no fault of his own, and that that's a two pronged thing. Cole's got to pitch like an ace, and the Yankees got to go out there and back up their ace. There's no excuses for it. And then Tyone, I'm. I'm really excited to see what he can do in his second start. It'll be against Hinjin Ryu on Tuesday. And then Wednesday, keep in mind, is a 107 start because it's a getaway day. Uh, it's going to be an important start for Corey Kluber to hope for him to bounce back against Stripling. So um, this is a series the Yankees got to win. The pitching matchups are in their favor. At least the first one is, uh, you would say the second game is in favor of Toronto, and then Kluber should be able to go out there and out-duel Stripling. Or else, at least the Yankees should be able to put up runs in that game. So this is a series you're looking to take two out of three from Toronto in their home away from home. At the very least. Yeah. All right, so like we said, the Yankees are going to be back. Uh, they're going to have an off day on Thursday. We'll record Thursday night talking about the Toronto series, and then it'll be time for the Rays once more. So uh, please follow us on Twitter at NYY Sports Talk. Again, leave us a five-star rating review. Subscribe to the show on, on YouTube. Tell a friend, you know, send out a text, tweet. Like we said, man, the easiest and simplest way. When I post on Monday morning I or, or whenever we do the second show, Monday, you know, you see the link for the show, hit the retweet button. And not that it was a major thing, but in the last couple of times, I've seen a little uptick in the retweets that we get on those. So I, I do thank everybody for that. So just let's keep it rolling here. Let's see if the Yankees can get on a roll. And uh, Stack Guy Rod, do you have any comments, questions, or concerns about your status with the show because you're on probation for having to yank the last two episodes? Well, you know, I'll have to talk to my people about it and we'll work something out. But um, maybe I'll put you guys on probation. <laughs> all right i guess that's all uh that's all stack guy Ryan has to say that's all we have to say so thank you for listening to episode 225 sgr go yanks chris say goodbye <laughs>